to this week's episode of A Work in Progress. Thank you for downloading it. Today, we're discussing grief and loss, which may sound odd considering we do a podcast about positivity. But Kim and I both feel that this is a necessary part of growth and that to survive grief, we need to learn from it and grow. As always, Kim will be sharing some of the theory, but we will also be sharing some personal stories. Please look after yourself when listening to this and take time to look after and take care of yourself by resting and just stopping. Do what you need. Kim, do you want to start with the definition? Oh, thank you, V. And I think that's great, that reminder to for people to look after themselves and you know, be aware, really. Um, yes, we wanted to share this with you because it's part of life and uh, sometimes things can get triggered. Um, so here is a definition. So the definition, dictionary definition of grief is intense sorrow, especially caused by someone's death. And then as we've titled it, this episode grief and loss I thought I'll look at loss as well and uh, loss the definition of loss is the feeling of grief after losing someone or something of value so those two very tied in together aren't they Mm. grief and loss so I guess sometimes you know mainly we talk about grief related to a person and yet sometimes if I'm uh, if I become aware of, of a client that maybe has had grief in their life or they're just feeling those feelings related to uh, to grief or loss um, then I'll, I'll use that word grief as you may be grieving over something what could that be because that we've talked before in our um, episode about transition that grief and loss are associated with change so if there's been a change then there can be grief and, and loss too and um it reminded me that um, an exercise that I did when I was training as a relationship counsellor with Relate uh, years ago, and um, I had some training on loss, and there was an in, an exercise that really impacted on me, and I use it when you know when I'm explaining about the feelings of loss, and I do use it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do that now. Um, so if, when you're listening to this. Just maybe go along with me and uh, see what comes up for you. And always, as we've always said, let us know if there of anything that comes up or anything you want to um, let us know about. So, so the exercise is: imagine you have lost something of value to you. You know, and that could be a small possession. Uh, we're not talking big things here. I'm not talking about a person particularly. I'm talking about, you know, the everyday loss that you've lost something you've mislaid it and um and so I might often say a pen you know you go to write something and then you know you find where is a pen and you have to go hunting for one so or you've got a special pen that you always use or it could be your phone or your car keys think about what that would be like if you had them no more you you can't find them in your own mind you've lost them so I'm (laughs) interested then in in that situation, what do you say to yourself? What are the kind of things that you would say in your mind? What do you do? So how do you behave? And how do you feel? Because all those things we know are linked, aren't they? You'd start off with a thought most properly and then and then that would lead to a feeling which, and then your behaviour. 
And I've got some examples. So I know that if I'd lost something, the first one of my first thoughts would be, what have I done with it? Or where is it? So it's almost like you're searching, searching yeah. for it. And you might be confused. You've got no, you know, trying to make sense of it. And then you get that sense of disbelief. And you, you maybe get an, you might get angry at yourself or maybe even angry at someone else for, well, they might have moved it. Um, and something that you could, you tend, might say is, I can't believe it. I was so stupid to, I probably left it somewhere. So you get a bit hard on yourself, don't you? And you get disbelief and angry. Yeah, definitely. And then, and then bargaining, which is, if only I'd put it away, or if only I'd paid more attention, because you start to sort of do that if only bit. And, uh, and then the, the longer it goes on, you might even get upset. Well, now what am I going to do? Because, that, you know, I haven't got another one or how am I going to replace that? Or it's going to be expensive. It's going to be costly to replace it. So you get upset. And then over time, whether that's, you know, immediately because you found it, you have some sort of resolution or acceptance. Or you think it will sort it, you know, something, I'll sort it out. However, I'll get another one or something. And, and so you start to accept it or resolve it. So I use that, and uh, I don't know how you got on by doing that in your own mind, but that's how I use to explain how even the small losses, we go through those yeah. that little process. And I'm going to talk about the process a little bit longer because what I'd really like to know is, is there anything like that for you, any kind of example or ways that you work, how you address loss like that in your work? I, loss comes up a lot. In, in my work, which sometimes surprises people considering, well, like you, you know, we both focus a lot on, on positivity and growth. But for a lot of the people that, that I work with, it's about grieving what they thought they were meant to have, you know, grieving the life that was expected of them and coming to terms with that. And it's also, it's like, you know, we live in a, in a culture that that values thinness, you know, and for some women, they can never be thin healthily. Uh, so it's about coming to terms with knowing they will never meet society's expectations. Uh, so there's a lot of work around grief and loss around our bodies, uh, around what our bodies have lived through, about the expectations that we've put on ourselves. I, you know, if... If I go by my family's standards, I'm an absolute failure. You know, I haven't ever got married. I've never had children. And and that's what they, and I've, I've never been, well, I was thin for three weeks once. Didn't suit me at all. But, you know, it's about, you know, I, I never lived up to their expectations and I had to grieve their expectations and my expectations. And that's the same for a lot of people. You know, we, especially in a society where we're, as women, we're told we can have it all, you know, dream job, holidays, car, dream partner, lots of children, you know, whatever you want. And it's okay that most of us don't achieve that. And, and that's a lot of things that we talk through in my work is about accepting who you are as you are. Um, yeah. And I think one of the most useful tools that I taught, I use with the personal grief I've had, but also that I say to my clients is, it's this 
I'm sure there's a proper name for it, but I call it the button in the box theory. And I think it's brilliant. And you imagine that you've got this big red button in a big box. And when the grief is happening and it links with your, you know, your beginning part of your questions that you asked about the what have I done with it? You know, I'm so stupid and all this sort of thing. And at the beginning, the ball is huge. So pretty much every minute it's bouncing against the button and that's increasing the grief. But over time, the ball gets smaller, but it's still bouncing. And that means that because it's still bouncing, it will still bounce against the red button sometimes. And the grief still feels very real, but it's not so constant anymore. And I really like that as a, you know, we're not very good as a culture of talking about grief and loss. Um, and I remember on the day of her husband's funeral, someone saying to me, I've just got to get on with life now. And it's like, you've been with him decades. You know, you can grieve forever, you know, and that's what we need to be more accepting of. And this button in a box theory, I think, helps explain that. That yes, we can go out and go out dancing and living life to the full, but every now and then that ball will hit that button and you'll feel the great sense of loss. And that's normal. And I think that's part of one of the things we talk about quite a lot is that these feelings we're having are normal, but because people don't talk about them, they think they're abnormal. So hopefully with us talking about it today, Kim, people will go, actually, yeah, that makes sense to me. That's how I feel. Um, yeah. So yeah. that that's how I use it in my work, with discussing things that have happened, but also that I love that theory. I think it's just such a useful theory to have. It's unusual for me to have a theory and not you, Kim. <laughs> so you're going to talk about your theories now. <laughs> yeah, I really like that too. That's a great visual image, isn't it? Yeah. And I can definitely relate to it when I think of losses in my life. That's exactly how it is. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, so, so the model that I used, as I said before, in the transition episode and that I used in my counselling days was Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's um, stages, five stages of grief. And, um, and, and when you were talking there, V, that's, I was really, it was really good for me to hear that about loss of expe expectations. Mm. And, um, and I think that we, and grieving those and all these different things that we have, that is healthy for us to grieve, but we don't recognize them always in the first place. Yeah. And, um, when it's a person, I think it's really obvious. It's a physical, so it's really obvious. But all those things in yeah. life that that we may be grieving at any one time, that is, it's really good to have awareness, bring our awareness to those. But even the things that we wouldn't expect to grieve, you know, things like if you're made redundant from a job you're not that bothered by, yeah. you'd think logically you'd feel happy about it. Yeah. And you might do on one layer, but there's also the possibility that you're... Like, why? Why is that happening to me? Am I not good enough? Why? What can I do now? What's my purpose? And Absolutely. so to understand that grief can come in all sorts of forms and that yeah. all of them are normal. Yeah. And so you might not like your job, but then what it is, is it might be your identity. So what you might be grieving is loss of identity. Yeah, absolutely. And I think part of my work is working out, is helping people to work out what it is maybe they have lost. Um, so yes, yeah, so uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, her um, 
study her uh, model came out of um, her experience with um, patients, uh, terminally ill patients, and um, and this is what she that she the model that she created, the five stages of grief, and and although it is related to to people and and death, as I say, you know, I think if we can relate it to that exercise that I did in the first place. So if we think about that exercise that I did and the stages and how you might have been feeling when you lost something, here are the five stages. So we have um, shock at the first place. So when we are, when we realise that we've lost something, it's a, it's a shock. And then we go into denial and anger and bargaining and um, depression and then accept and then through to acceptance so and also that you know that sounds like it's a linear we do this then we do that and then we do that but we could revisit any of those particular emotions and stages at any time um yeah so it's it they, those are the those are the the parts of grief the emotions and the stages that you may be you may have experienced so I think what's helpful for me with that theory is that it breaks thing, breaks grief into pieces yeah. and I think that always helps me to break it into small parts so that is because grief in itself I think can be overwhelming and um, when you can bring it down into what well, is this anger is this anger that I'm feeling well that makes sense that I'd be feeling angry because you know, it's there's a there's an injustice here. It's not fair. Um, and then is this? Um, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a bit numb. Is this shock that I'm feeling? I feel like I've got no energy. Is this like the depression that I'm feeling? So I think you, if you can tune into those specific feelings, I think it doesn't. It that you know that it's a process. Whereas grief is a is a, to me is a thing. It's a it's a big a big thing. Mm. Break it down. So, um, so in terms of our, yeah, so we could, we will experience any of those feelings really. So we wanted to talk about our own personal experience. So when I was reflecting on this, the person that's most important to me that I've lost is my dad. And, um, and when I was actually reflecting on that, I did get upset and, um, and tearful. It didn't last long. And I thought I was thinking about all the good things about my dad and um and yeah the loss of him and that was eight eight nearly eight years ago now and when you were saying about the the ball and the button I could really relate to that because you know what what I was doing there I was reflecting on my own experiences and the ball hit the button yeah uh, which was a bit of a surprise um and uh and I've, I've it didn't last for long and I've come out the other side actually feeling that the the good things about that relationship not not so much the sadness of the loss so there was the loss of my dad which I'll say more about later um loss of position at work uh, when I was employed and I was made redundant so that was a big thing and actually those two things came at the same time so (laughs) so quite often you know you can do that you can maybe manage one episode of grief but when you have a cluster 
then that's it intensifies it intensifies those those um, difficult feelings and um, loss of a relationship and so I was thinking about what helped then and um, with the loss of a relationship it was counseling so I, I had counsel immediately when that happened I I um, asked for help so I mean asking for help is a is a great one isn't it and somebody to listen and you know just to unconditionally to be there while you're coming to terms with with whatever it is that you've lost um yeah and also I think that helped me to understand my part in the breakdown and how to move forward so there was lots of the a good good thing about that and then the redundancy, I think being proactive and of course, you know, what we've talked before about loss, what the two things that are involved in loss is crisis and opportunity. Well, my opportunity with redundancy was to, um, to uh, focus more on my um, business, my own business. So, you know, that, that, it's good to recognise the opportunities in loss as well. Um, and I know that's difficult when it's a person um, that you've lost. It's, you know, that's really hard to find the opportunities. I guess the only opportunities you can focus on is what you had, you know, and what, what you're left with, the legacy then that you're left with. Um, so coming back to my dad, knowing that I'd said all that I wanted to say to him, that, that helped me. And that was really clear to me that I'd done that. I had told him what he'd meant to me in our relationship, especially in the latter days of our relationship and how he'd helped me. And I told him that I wanted to feel closer to him and I did feel close to him. So yeah. there was a bit of de- development in our relationship. And he was suffering, he was suffering with ill health uh, towards the end. And when he passed, his suffering was eased. So I know that's a small thing in terms of what you've lost it's some sort of consolation when someone is really suffering that is my experience yeah um what I didn't expect over my dad's death I didn't expect the anxiety that I felt when Mm -hmm. he when he passed and the anxiety over my own mortality I hadn't thought about dying and that that really hit me um I hadn't really thought about it. And then this, this death seems so real to me because I haven't had a lot of experience of, of people close to me dying. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's quite a vivid thing. But as I say, it was eight years ago. And now my experience is that Dad is with me. He's in my heart. And, uh, and, he's, and he's left his legacy. And I, and I thought about and I thought about that legacy as well this morning before you know coming on to record and I thought his legacy to me is his strength, his passion, his positivity, the fact that he would take action and and his integrity. So, on reflection, I've come away quite buoyant from from that experience, which is which is good. So I think um, the, the the point you made about being aware of your own mortality. I think that's why people are generally not good at talking about grief because when we lose yeah. someone the first time, that's often the first time that we consciously admit that we're going to die as well because before that we avoid it. Even though the second you were born, the only thing guaranteed in life 
is we're going to die. We don't like to talk about it because we all want to think we're going to live forever. And that's probably why that came up for you, because you hadn't mm. had to think about it before. So it's yeah. it's no wonder that the anxiety came up for you around that time too. It was it was a bit of a shock. I, and I and I got through it. Um, and there was um, one other thing that I, uh, I thought about actually that um, around death and these feelings and how they can kind of um, take you by surprise maybe is anniversaries. And um, earlier we were talking, V, and we were talking about, you know, anniversaries and uh, anniversaries of dying and actually is really close to the anniversary of my dad passing. And, and so that, probably was part of the the trigger as well but yeah. and, and it's something that I do know and I'd forgotten so you know just for listeners to be aware of with those anniversaries of um uh, these um occasions where someone has passed and how that might affect you um in later years yeah yeah I think that's um You know, as, as you know, Kim, I've lost a lot of people. Um, and I it sounds an odd thing to say, but I'm passionate about grief. I think we need to be more open about it. And um, I think I'm working on these cards at the moment, as in greetings cards, and things that you can say to people who have lost someone, because I think we get so caught up in well, what do I say? What if I say the wrong thing? I don't know what to say. So a lot of people don't say anything at all, which is really harm, hurtful to the person that's grieving because they're not only then grieving the person that has died, they're grieving their friendship that you're not giving them. Um, but one of the questions on these cards is, please tell me anniversaries you would like me to remember so I remember to ask you about it. So tell me about your dad on on whichever anniversary, whether it's his birthday or your parents' wedding anniversary or the anniversary of his death, talk to me about him. Um, because those are the things that are important about we never get to make any more memories with those people. Mm. But if people talk to us about them, we get to make more memories where they're included. We get to yeah. talk about, we get to share the things that we shared with them that were really important to us. And that's so valuable um and i think for me you know i for me i've i've lost a huge amount of people in my life um part of it is you know family deaths uh, i was close to my maternal grandfather and like you you know i was so grateful i got to say goodbye to him um and, and all my grandparents are dead. We've had rel other relatives die. But also I've I've grieved the family that I never had. You know, I don't see my family now. So I, I grieve the, the perfect family where you have parents that care for you. I've grieved that. I've grieved having a family that kept me safe. I've grieved not having a family of my own, you know, because my body won't allow me to do that. Um, also, I've lost a lot of friends. You know, one of my conditions although it's not fatal for me or highly unlikely to be fatal for me, for some of my friends who have it in its more severe forms, 
it is terminal, you know, and I've lost people I've loved from the age of two up to their 60s due to that condition. And I've also lost other friends to other conditions, you know, and I had an awful period between April 2018 and March 2019 where I lost five friends. Two of them were two of my closest friends, but all of them were people I would talk to late at night, you know, that this not just, oh, I knew them, they were friends that we would chat and share things. One of them was very sudden, and I'm very grateful that literally a couple of months before we just coincidentally bumped into them in Brighton, and she knew, you know, that I was really pleased to see her because I jumped up and hugged her on a bus. Not a safe thing to do. Do not do that, listeners. Um, but, you know, she knew how much she was valued. And another friend, when I remember... The day in October when I got a text from her and she told me she loved me and I went to my partner and I said she's dying mm. and he said how do you know I said because she's never told me she loves me before and I knew that I'd found out a couple of weeks before that she'd had the cancer had returned mm. and with her I was so lucky that I was one of the few that was allowed to still see her in the hospice um, and at the Thursday night I went to see her. She wasn't really with us, you know, she was on a lot of drugs, she was struggling, she was in and out of consciousness, but the consciousness was very brief. Um, and then when I got, I hugged her goodbye because I knew it would be the last time. And I told her I loved her and she told me she loved me. I can't ask for anything more than that no. because, you know, we got to say goodbye, which is beautiful. Um, and mm. she died on the Saturday lunchtime. Um, and even now we had a memorial for her a couple of weeks ago, which was lovely. And I love that she's, she was Jewish. And, and so the, their community is very much about memorialising yeah. people. And I'm so grateful that even though I'm not of their faith, I'm still included because we were so mm. close. But I think the hardest thing, which is going to sound odd, the hardest thing was not necessarily losing those people. It was losing the people that are still alive, yes. that couldn't cope with all of that grief, that didn't know what to say. So they disappeared. Um, mm. And I lost, I don't know how many friends in that time who were just like, I don't know what to say to you. I'm not going to say anything. Mm. And, and that's harder because yeah. they're still around. Mm. Um, and I, I think that's where we need to get better. I wrote, I wrote a blog about it, 101 ways to help someone who's grieving, minus 94 or something, because I only wrote seven. <laughs> um, but the thing that wound me up more than anything was the sympathetic head tilt. Oh, yeah, I'm really sorry, my friend died. Oh, as they yeah. tilt the head. And, and it's just, yeah. there's no purpose in it. And no. all you need to say to someone who is grieving is, I'm really sorry, I don't know what to say. What can I do for you? And that, Absolutely. that person might say, check in on me, hold my hand, yeah. ask me yeah. about them. And it's those things. But it's, you know, a lot of people have said to me, why are you still so heavily involved in, in the community where people with my condition, you know, do die frequently? And it's like, well, mm. because I've got all the joy of loving them whilst they're yeah. here. And that far outweighs the pain. I can deal with the pain. Um, 
but how I'd be missing out. I would have missed out on so many incredible people if I just thought, no, you're, you're going to die young. I don't want to, don't want to get involved. Um, you know, so yeah. Um, I think it's, well, it's that, well, that would, that would be denying life, wouldn't it? Yeah. But I think for some people that might seem easier and especially because, yeah. you know, I think for all of us, we experience more loss than we want to. But because for someone like me, you know, I get the extras because I'm in a community yes. where people have got a terminal condition. Yeah. Um, you know, I am, you know, I am a bowling pin ready to be bowled over regularly because, yeah. you know, I, I'm still involved in that community. But I'm really grateful that I know some incredible people through it. And the thought of you know, missing out on them because they, when I got diagnosed with the condition, when I was 28, it was literally the first time I felt part of a family, mm. you know, so we're not related, but they understand my life far more than most yeah. other people do. Um, so yeah, why, why would I deny myself that? Thank you. Thank you for sharing all that, V. Um, and yeah, and I know it was a, I, I remember that time and it was, it was unbelievable how yeah. how much grief you were dealing with at that time, and mm. um, and and I like the way that you turn that into a blog and uh, to help others because of your experience, how you experience being bereaved, and you experience how people had difficulty supporting you. That you um, turned that yeah. into a blog. But I think that's the thing. You know, we don't talk about it. You know, and we need to, which is why I said I'm passionate about it. You know, it's, I think we need to be better at it. That's why I wrote the blog. That's why I'm working on this card that's got seven question prompts, you know, so that I'm doing some of the work for them, but it's showing willingness yeah. rather than going, I don't know what's going to happen. Put my fingers in my ears. La, la, la. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's saying to people, these things help do this, um, you know, check in on people, you know, send them an afternoon tea in a box yeah. or send them a gift that to make them feel loved you know lovely and that don't connection, let them feel alone yeah be connected and your experience was lack of connection wasn't it so so um, being connected reaching out and I think it's you know that whole thing about I don't know what to say and being okay with that um, because actually it's not about the words is it it's about the connection yeah, but that, that links in with a lot of what we've said in previous mm. podcasts, isn't it? Yeah. It's about, it's okay to say I don't know everything because mm. I'm happy with who I am. So I'm, I'm willing to, to admit that I don't know everything and I don't know how to help you in this situation. Tell yeah. me, I'm willing to learn. Yeah. And, and that's what we need, isn't it? Thank you. And uh, very briefly, because I know that we're... <laughs> the time is running on <laughs> as always <laughs> there was a, a book that I came across and it's called The Other Side of Sadness and uh, uh, I've got a reference for uh, it's Bonanno so B-O-N-A-N-N-O -N -N 2009 and um, what was talked about in that book was that positive emotions can help and um, and that although you know we associate grief with negative emotions that because their negative emotions are there doesn't mean to say that the positive ones can't be there Absolutely. and that positive emotions and laughter will help. Now, that's yeah. not to say you're going to turn up and, and start laughing, but that, that humour and how much humour in life and, 
and making you know being light and playful we've talked about before can help and encourage someone to feel better and also that's that whole connecting again that we've said and resilience and the more resilience that we can that we can be and we build our resilience then we can manage grieving better it is Mm -hmm. part of life so you know let's let's get more used to it maybe and talk about it yeah so shall we yeah yeah good Um, well uh, and again let's reiterate if there is anything that has been triggered please get in touch with us we really don't mind and we'd like comments whether this has been useful or or not so useful for you um let's finish our our um, episode with some quotes yeah before we do can i just say to anyone that's listening the most important thing you can do for someone who's grieving is not live in silence with them don't just talk to them just say admit you don't know what to say but check in on them send a text every day just thinking about you that's that's it you don't it's not you don't have to write them war and peace every day you don't have to send them huge bouquets of flowers you don't have to make grand gestures of love just a text i'm thinking of you are you okay that's it seven words that's all you need to do so yes kim what's your quote this week Thank you. I've got two. <laughs> Again? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I like them both for different reasons. So the first one is, what we have once enjoyed deeply, we can never lose. All that we love deeply becomes a part of us, and that is That's by beautiful. Helen Keller. And uh, the other one kind of like describes more the process of grief. Grief is like the ocean. It comes on waves ebbing and flowing. Sometimes the water is calm and sometimes it is overwhelming. All we can do is learn to swim. And that's by Vicky Harrison. Very true. Um, mine will probably come as no surprise. Um, although it's not a um, the sort of thing I would normally share. Mine is by Alfred Lord Tennyson. Um, it is better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Um, and that's just what I said, isn't it, really? Yeah, about absolutely. being part of the community is better than not knowing them at all. Marvellous. Uh, so, as always, thank you for listening. As Kim said, I'm going to reiterate, if there was anything that was triggering, please do get in touch with us or with someone else. There are people around that you can contact, grief counselling services, Samaritans, people like that. But do feel free to contact us. You can follow us on our Instagram. Kim is Instar Coaching CIC and I'm Venus CIC. And do feel free to email us at a work in progress podcast, which is abbreviated to awippodmail at gmail.com or visit our website at positivityaworkinprogress.wordpress.com. As always, thank you for joining us. And especially today, please take care. Thank you. Take care of yourselves.